0: not forsaking the assembly, assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as ye see the day approaching. That was Hebrews 10.25. Welcome back to another episode of Thinking Well. I'm Kyle. And I'm Tom. How's it going, Tom? Man, yeah. I mean,
1: I'm kind of feeling a little sick this week, but I'll get over it.
0: There's some, like, unconfessed sin in your life. Is that why you're sick?
1: That's, that's probably what it is. Probably I'm what being, it is. I'm being punished.
0: Yep. No, no other explanation? Nope. None at all. Well, we appreciate you guys listening to another episode of Thinking Well. This is going to be another truth nugget segment, if you will. Uh, I'm going to say it every week. Still waiting for that brand deal, Chick-fil-A. I, I'm going to hold out hope that eventually they will sponsor us. If you don't say it every week at this point, somebody's going to think something's wrong. I have to. I have to. Yeah. Eventually. 100 episodes, 1,000 episodes. I don't know, but we're going to get sponsored. The Lord tarries. Yeah, we're going to to get sponsored. But uh, yeah, I think we're going to tackle uh, some conversations about the church tonight, right? Um, you know, what to look for in a church. Why is it important? Things of that nature.
1: It's a really exciting topic, too, because just uh, coming from the backgrounds that we've, we've come from as well, it's, it's difficult sometimes to uh, get a feel for like, why do we do church the way that we do it? Why is church so important to us? Why... Um, I mean, how do you look for another church if you move out of state and you have to leave the church that you were at or if you move across town and it's just not practical for you to go to the church that you used to go to? Uh, how, how do you kind of compare that church to the church that you were at and look for the things that uh, are important in a church?
0: Yeah. What what standard do you use?
1: Right. right? Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. So as we kind of dive right into that, I, I guess probably the foremost question on a lot of people's minds are why should we even go to church why is something like that important Um, for unsaved people especially or newly saved people I think there's the question well if why is church so important why do I need church I mean God is everywhere and the Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name and which we won't get into that but that's not what that verse specifically is talking about. It's, it's not talking about church, but, um, things like that. Like, why is, why do we need to get together? Why do I need church in my life? Can't I worship Jesus underneath a tree? Can't I worship Jesus underneath the stars? Um, sure you can, but that's not what God has called us to. I think one of the first things that we'd have to look at as called out in, uh, if by Paul in Ephesians 3, 21 where he says, Unto him be glory in the church, by Christ Jesus, throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Well, what what he's saying here is God gets his glory through the church. So yes, you can worship underneath a tree. You can worship underneath the stars. But that's not how God really gets his glory he gets it through the church so those things should happen in the church as we participate in things like joint worship um, those kind of things are really important
0: yeah a- absolutely right it's I mean it's one of those things in scripture where it's very clear that that is you know the path that uh, that you're supposed to be on right um, you know unsaved right a lot of a lot of people get saved in church right. And then the call after that, the command after that, is to attend a local New Testament congregation, and I think that's. And there's many reasons, right? I mean, it's it's pretty evident that it, it helps the individual to have a sense of community, um, you know, an, an extra family, if you will. I mean, you know, I know I know every church is not this way, but I, I believe the church is supposed to be. Another family, right? These are your brothers and sisters of Christ that you're going to know literally forever. There's a special bond there. Yeah.
1: Well, and more so even than your, than your own family, because not everybody has that benefit of, you know, having siblings and moms and dads and aunts and uncles that know Christ. So especially in those situations, I mean, these are the, don't get me wrong, you should definitely still be witnessing to those members of your family, but these are the church people or the people you're going to be spending the rest of your life with. And I've found that even here on earth, I've, I've forged some stronger bonds with church family than I I have with my own family. And that's not a slight to my own family. It's just, it's one of those things I'm, I, for the most part, my family, I know that I'm going to see in eternity, but these are the people that, um, that God has put me with to serve him with. And I, I think it's really important to understand that that's why we're in a church. I mean, the church was, it was God's idea. It's his plan for this age. He had formerly selected Israel to be the conduit that he used to bring Christ into the, into the earth. But for this age, for the church age, he's selected the church to get the gospel out. And it's how he's accomplishing uh, his work on the earth today.
0: Yeah, n- no doubt, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's the direct line to the rest of the world. Read the good news the gospel of Jesus Christ and I think that's why it's so important right that's why it's a command right that's that's how the gospel is spread the organization of the church but you know Tom one of the worst things that I, th- I think I see is churches doing it wrong right yeah. when you have when you have churches out there who you know don't take you know the Ephesians 3 model they don't they don't take the Hebrews 10 or you know the 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 You know the Matthew a lot of places in Matthew model and you know it's selfish and it's prideful and they they think that they're they're better than other people and you know I, I think that a lot of unbelievers have that misconception that churchgoers Christians especially Baptists I hear this all the time that they think that they're better than others right and it's not the way it's supposed to be right i think it's important i think it's important to to say that you know there's definitely people who do this thing called church the wrong way
1: yeah and there there's an important distinction there because i there is that difference even among independent baptists and we've we've talked about this in some previous episodes where the church is in a bunker it's not just supposed to be all christians there like we're supposed to be going out and that was the command in matthew in matthew 28 right go ye therefore teach all nations this is the mission of the church this is why it's important to be a part of a church it's not important to be a part of a church so that you can just congregate and fellowship with other christians it's important to be a part of a church because that's the entity that god has commissioned to spread his gospel. It's not just individual Christians that God has said, hey, you need to go out and spread my gospel. No individual Christians as members of a Bible believing church are supposed to go out as a church unit and spread the gospel because that's how God gets his glory. God doesn't get the same kind of glory when we go out as individuals and witness to people and we're not a member of a church anywhere. Don't get me wrong, that's a blessing. And we should definitely be witnessing to people, but we should be witnessing to people to, to spur them to salvation so that they can also be a member of a local New Testament church.
0: No, absolutely. You know, what would you say, Tom, are are some of the, you know, the the best kind of outcomes, right? Or the best, uh, I want to say products, right? But when you're in a, in a local, you know, Bible believing church, you know, there's, right? The first one that comes to my mind is just edification, right? You're with brothers and sisters in the word. You're making each other better. You're all striving for the same goal. But I mean, other than that, I mean, what 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 should people be looking for?
1: Well, I mean, really what you're looking for in a church, and there's so many things that the Bible calls out. Uh, edification, one of the things, right? What does edification mean? It just means that you're there to build each other up. Uh, one of the things that we look at and the God and that God's word specifically says is that we're instructed to be involved in church. The passage that Kyle started with, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Well, that, that meant that even in Bible times, right, there were people that were not assembling themselves together. And the writer of, of Hebrews is letting people know, no, you're a Christian. You should be going to church. This is where you get together with other christians and one of the things that you want to get together with other christians for uh, paul specifically calls out in romans and here let me look this up real quick because this is this is a pretty important passage but it's a place for people to get together and exercise their spiritual gifts together and spiritual gifts is probably a different conversation that we'll probably never have on this podcast because that's one of those things you need to go to church to learn about spiritual gifts Um, But Paul says in Romans uh, 12 and starting in verse three, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt with every man to the measure of his faith. And then he goes on to say that there are many members of one body and the body that he's talking about is the church. You know, Kyle may be a big toe and I may be a pinky toe and you need a big toe and a pinky toe to balance when you walk. you It's very difficult to do it without one or the other. You need both. I don't know why we're toes, Kyle, but let's be toes. I'll take it. And he says... But all mem- all the members don't have the same office. We have a different function. Well, what are the different functions that we have? Well, it's according as God has gifted us. You know, maybe Kyle has the spiritual gift of helps and he just loves to help people. I can tell you right now, I do not have the spiritual gift of helps, but maybe God has given me the spiritual gift of just administrative things in, in just a church perspective, not a natural talent in like a business world, but from a church perspective to be able to identify and people, hey, this needs to be organized a little better. And Kyle comes along and he's like, well, I can help organize that. Let me help organize.
0: No, it's funny because I I, I was going to say, I I think those two examples are actually pretty spot on. I I would definitely peg you as more of the administrative, hey, this this is how you organize it. Let me construct that for you. Not necessarily the one who does it, but who kind of formulates it, right? And you know, I I don't know. Like I feel like I'm I'm pretty have a pretty servant, you know, servant's heart, right? I I like to help when I can, and if I can, don't necessarily like to, you know, construct the plan. To
1: construct the plan. I don't want
0: to, I don't want that responsibility. But.
1: And I mean, Paul just goes on and keeps describing like all these different ways that we contribute individually with our spiritual gifts, and how every single one of us play a very specific role in a church. And you've got to remember. God doesn't just put random people in random churches. And there's a lot of this misconception that people are like, well, I don't like this church anymore. I'm going to go plug myself in somewhere else. Well, God may not want you in that church. God may want you in the church that you're at right now. And just because something went wrong, well, that's part of the ways that we're supposed to support one another and come alongside one another and not kind of let that Resentment foster, because it's easy to get church hurt.
0: Oh, absolutely! It's dangerous. It's super dangerous to to harbor that. Yeah, and it's super dangerous to just flee, right? Just endlessly hop from church to church when you know you're just not gonna, you know, face a, a, a tiny inconvenience or a problem. Yeah. You're gonna uproot your your family and and your the roots that you put down in a church it's uh it's it's super dangerous right and I think that if a lot of people a lot of churchgoers would just be open and honest and have conversations they don't want to have um, you know with their fellow Christians with their fellow mm-hmm. churchgoers I think you'd see a lot less of that
1: well, why don't we just go up to people if we feel like we've been injured by him or hurt by them and say hey you know I really feel like the other day you Said something kind of off the cuff, and I understand that you were probably being sarcastic, but that that kind of hurt my feelings. Like, what what's holding us back from going to each other and talking to each other like that? We've got to get to that place.
0: It's it's hard sometimes, right? You you think that? you. Know, you, you well, I'll, I'll I'll say it this way: you start putting scenarios in your own head, right? Well, what if they? What if this happens? And what if they say this? What if they double down? Then what? They have to fight <laughs> someone in church? Like, what do you do, right? Um, no, but I mean, I think a lot of it is like, it's easier, it's it's the past, it's the path of least resistance a lot of times to just say, okay, we'll we'll go to this church down the road, and then inevitably, because we are people, and, you know, you put any group of people in one building for long enough.
1: Um... And if we're constantly running away from that, from all that forgiveness and that reconciliation, then we're not really learning how to forgive each other, which means that now we're kind of closing ourselves off from the Holy Spirit. And if you go to another church because something has happened that you don't like at the previous church, you're just taking that hurt with you. You're not leaving the problem behind. You're just pulling that, that problem with you into the next place. And like I said before, like maybe God doesn't have a place for you in that church. And so now you're being a hindrance to the ministry of that church by being a member of it. I mean, a church isn't going to tell you, no, we don't want you to be a member of our church. If you're a member in good standing at another church of like faith, they're going to accept you with open arms because that's what churches do. But you being there could be a detriment to the ministry of that church, not through anim- anything malicious that you, that's your intent, but because the Holy Spirit really needs you
0: over in that place that you left. Right, or yeah, could have used your spiritual gift, whatever it is, mm-hmm. in that church to bring more glory, to bring more people to Christ mm-hmm. there in that other church, but you've put barriers in the way, and now you're at a different church, and inevitably you're, you're going to run into that same problem, because you've, you know, in that process, whatever the issue was, or multiple issues, you've hardened your heart. It just gets harder every time yeah. you move. Your heart just gets harder and harder, and... Unfortunately, a lot of, a lot of folks don't get past it. And then you've got today
1: where now you've got three generations of, of people that haven't been in church because three generations ago, somebody got that hurt and just pulled it with them. And then they pulled it with them and then they pulled it with them. And now the family doesn't even go to church at all. Church is important. That's how God designed the world. It's God first family church. You, you, you need church in your life. So, I mean, it, it is for the edification of the believer. And I, when you look at it, there's there, it's very easily established in the Bible that it's to preserve biblical doctrine, right? Well, why is it important that we preserve biblical doctrine? Well, you can go to Ephesians. I'm just going to look it up. Got my iPad here in front of me. We'll look it up. Well, so that we aren't easily swayed from where we should be, right? Paul says in Ephesians four fourteen that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. We should be speaking the truth in love and that we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head of the church, even Christ. So this is how God preserves his doctrine. This is how we understand, oh, this is how church is supposed to work. This is what salvation is about. This is why we practice baptism. This is why we do the Lord's Supper. It's to preserve that doctrine and to constantly teach it. And if we're not in church, where are we getting that foundation? Where are we getting that grounding?
0: Right. I mean, it kind of goes back. I think I've said this line every episode. There is no neutrality. Yeah. Right? If you're not getting it from, you know, your church that you should be plugged into, you are going to get it from, you name it, coworkers, worldly influences, music, what you see, what you watch, what you hear. Um, you're going to, you're going to find something it, we are designed to worship something. And if it's not Christ, you, you will replace it and you may not even know it. Yeah,
1: Well, then we go from there, right? If we're not grounded in the truth because we didn't decide to spend the time in a good church that has good doctrine. Well, then we're sucked into this. It's kind of Christian, but it's not really all the way about Jesus and God getting his glory. But I feel good every time I go it feels good to me every single time I go because they have a concert there for me to watch and they've got coffee at the door and every everybody's just always talking about how God is love and I don't ever feel any condemnation. Well, yeah, your mind is making that okay because you're not grounded in any kind of doctrine. You're not challenged at all.
0: Right. I mean, I, I can look through you know, the all the years I've been to church and I would say that some of the best services, some of the time that really that God has spoken to me the most and worked on my heart the most within a service wasn't about the fluffy stuff. It wasn't about, you know all this, you know, stuff that you just mentioned. It was Mm -hmm. confronting sin in my life, work like, you know, breaking me down. A lot of a lot of a lot of folks don't want to acknowledge that. They they don't want to accept the the sin and the separation and you know, that they're not a great person, right? That's, that's not the point of church, right? You're, you, the point of church is to, like you said, edify. Secondly, like what you just said, to be a beacon, a, a pillar of truth for the mm-hmm. doctrine of the gospel, you're supposed to leave changed. Yeah.
1: And that's part of the progressive sanctification, right? Like by coming and being challenged through God's word and the Holy spirit just kind of digging into our lives and saying, Hey, they right there. Th- this message, th- the pastor didn't know that you were, that you were dealing with that in your life. The pastor didn't know that I was dealing with something in my life where I, I, was, I was harboring some animosity towards somebody that I needed to let go of, or I was putting something ahead of God in my life because I really wanted that next Star Wars thing, right? The pastor didn't know that about my life. The beautiful thing about God's word when it's taught and, and preached in a church setting is that it can hit every single person in the congregation right where they live, And then the Holy Spirit takes that and challenges your life and through progressive sanctification, the Holy Spirit just kind of starts digging that out and working that out until it's not part of your life anymore and then you grow. And that's what you're supposed to do is grow because as Kyle has said, if you're not moving forward, then it's attrition and you're moving
0: backwards. Right. I would like uh, on a separate note, I've been kind of toiling around the idea of, of making that like maybe a, like a t-shirt or some kind of merch or something, right, that no neutrality, because I, I, I think it's so important, right? I mean, it just we've, as society, church members, I mean, almost in any facet of life, we, we, we think there's this neutrality that we're safe and that we, we're, you know, we can just kind of slide by. And the more and more I, I've, I've thought about it and researched it, I mean, it's just so dangerous. It really is one of the biggest problems, I think, that we face in the world in general, but within our churches as well, and our families, I mean, it's personally.
1: Speaking of the neutrality thing, right? This is a perfect church example thing. What do you do with a church where all of your members are over the age of 50? No one is being evangelical. No one is inviting people to church. No one is asking people to come visit their church. And it's not because their pastor preaches horribly, or it's not because the word isn't being preached, right? But to your point, they're in, they're coasting in neutral. They're maintaining the status of the church and they're growing, but the church itself is not growing. And and that's a... I mean, those kind of things are a perfect segue into another purpose of the church, which is to fulfill the great commission and make disciples through evangelism and outreach. Well, Tom, we don't want to get involved in our communities. Okay? What do you What do you have a church there for then? Your church is in the middle of your community. Your community are the people that you interact with and that you talk to and that you pass on the street daily, that you rub elbows with in Walmart.
0: You're in your community. It goes back, I mean, it's this whole conversation and a lot of these conversations are just drenched in this idea. Like Mm -hmm. there is no neutrality. You're, You're going to bump into people at the supermarket. You're going to interact with unbelievers and people who desperately need the gospel. You are put in those positions on purpose. That's not an accident. Yeah. Right? And, uh, you know, you, you have to look at it through that lens. You know, just, I'm, I'm going to read here, uh, you know, Matthew 28, 19 to 20. It's it's what uh, most commonly referred to as the Great Commission yeah. here. But verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. That's it, right? That's the Great Commission, right? Purpose of church. <laughs> that, that is the whole purpose of a church. And more specifically, that's the whole purpose of why we are still here mm-hmm. after God saves us. Yeah. I don't, know if, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure, Tom, you've thought about this, but this is something I, I can look back on maybe a decade or so ago that I, I, I knew that you know we needed to outreach and there, we needed to bring people to the into the church and, and ha- people need to get saved right, but it never really clicked in my mind that after I was saved, why, why does why doesn't God just take me? I'm I'm saved. I'm I'm forever good to go. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Why am I still here then? Mm-hmm. Why do I still have to struggle with this sin cursed world? Well, it's an easy answer. Because your fellow, your neighbors, you know, your fellow church members, people you work with, your neighbors, people in your sphere, they, the only thing that might be holding them back is you. Yeah. And you know what? God, I think it's very well possible that God is waiting to return. Jesus is waiting to return. For a certain amount of people to be saved. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we don't think about that. We don't think about, hey, we, we need to reach out to these people because literally it could be, and, and I don't want to get into the end times. It's, it's, it's easy to fall into. Yeah. But I will say this and we can move on, but there is nothing else prophetically that needs to happen in order for Christ to come back.
1: Yeah. What why do we why does god choose to fill up churches with all these different personalities and not all clones of each other and why is everybody at a different level of maturity and not everybody's at the same level of maturity well it's like you just said like we're gonna rub elbows and interact with people because of our personalities because of these because of being separate people in separate life styles and separate jobs and these different things that not we're the only church member that's going to be capable of of getting to know those people and being a witness to those people. Sure. You might have a handful of people that work at the same job or that run in the same circles, but for the most part, the church is made up of a bunch of different individuals that different people are drawn to because of their personality or their character or their job. They have different realms of influence. And if you didn't have all that in the church, the church wouldn't be able to be as evangelical as it should be. So get out there. Don't, you should be witnessing to the people that you work with, not avoiding them like the plague. It's like, Oh, I'm just trying to get through another day in this whole sinful world, Lord. Just persecuted. Oh yeah, you were persecuted at work today. How are you persecuted at work today? Did somebody walk by and like knock your little wooden crossover that was sitting on your desk?
0: i got a paper cut
1: oh man folks i'm not making fun of persecution there is some persecution out there right but i think what we look at as persecution is like oh well so and so said something about christians the other day oh that that's horrible they shouldn't have said that did they take you out into a garden and burn you as a torch that that's persecution let's let's get out of this soft like easy cushy marshmallowy persecution thought that we have about ourselves all the time and realize that we haven't experienced persecution yet we could but we're not really in it and until even when we do maybe the lord needs to bring us a little persecution because you know what happened to the churches at acts in acts right like god brought persecution and boom they went out everywhere explosion of the gospel out of Jerusalem just churches popping up everywhere maybe we need a little persecution
0: it would be one of the easiest ways to fight complacency Mm -hmm. right and I think God I mean you see like you just said definitely used use that right in Acts you know it's it's one of those things that you know you look at it kind of back to your point about you know other people reaching other spheres right I'm not going to be able to reach somebody at Tom's work because I'm not there every day. Yeah. I don't have that that personal relationship or even just a working relationship with that person and vice versa, right? God has put you in in specific places, work, school if you're going to school, even as, you know, mundane as just going to Walmart and getting whatever, right? God God has it's it's not an accident. You have free will to go to these places, but god will get his glory yeah and god is definitely i mean i I would challenge i mean just kind of talking to myself I, i you know i challenge myself to look at places i've been in the last week where i had every opportunity right to witness to somebody but i haven't i i didn't and maybe you know and take this with a grain of salt but maybe maybe that person would have come to church maybe that person would have got saved and maybe that was the one that that God was waiting for. Don't go to the
1: self-checkout every time.
0: Oh, it's so convenient though, Tom.
1: But this is for me, right? Like I'm sitting here as you're talking and I'm thinking to myself,
0: why do I like going to the self-checkout so much? Because you don't have to talk to anybody. I don't have
1: to talk to anybody. I don't have to interact with people. I don't have to listen to whoever talk about things that I'm not interested in. Like when did we as Christians become so wrapped up? in our own lives that we were not taking the great commission seriously because we're like, Oh, it's given the great commission was given to the church. So, you know, the, the church will take care of it. The, the, the individual
0: churches will take care of it. We are the church, right? That's uh, right. You, you are the church. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, there's there's who
1: in the church is going to take care of it, but you,
0: right? Yeah, and, and if it's it's so dangerous as well, right? It's it's that hive mentality, right? If because if you say, okay, well, I'm, you know, maybe I won't, but the, the rest of the church, even if you identify that the people make the church, not the building, even if you're if you get yourself there, you might say, you know what, Tom will handle that. I don't have to talk. I don't need to mm-hmm. talk to anybody. Okay, well, we're all human. We all have similar thoughts. We all have similar sin in our life. Mm-hmm. What if Tom thinks that too? And what if the other 200 members of 300 400 members of your church or more still kind of have that complacency mindset nothing ever gets done and again you are sliding backwards you're not neutral you are moving uh-huh. further away
1: and we have this definition of uh, in church of of being backslidden right and our definition of being backslidden is when we're and I'm doing air quotes people is when you're is when you're living like outside of God's will, like obviously outside of God's will, like, Oh, you know, so-and-so is living with so-and-so in sin. They've shacked up together and it's just, a uh, they're backslidden. You know, it's, it's not, it's not a good place. They're not at a good time in their life. Well, maybe we need to take a look at the term backslidden. Like if you're not out there actively trying to further the cause of Christ and actually practice the great commission, are you a hundred percent living the will of God? And don't get me wrong. I'm talking to myself here just as much as I am anybody else. Like what are, what are you doing for the church? This comes back to, I think one of the last things that we have on here is we're in the church so that we can engage together in spiritual warfare. Cause it's difficult to get through it by yourself, man. I struggle every day. And if I didn't have a church to come to, where everybody else is struggling just like I am to look each other in the eye and say, man, Kyle, you know what, man? I really, really struggled in my prayer life this week. Maybe Kyle struggled in
0: his prayer life this week. Chances are someone else did. Yeah. Right? These problems aren't unique to, to one of us, right? I, we all struggle to, to do this thing called Christianity. It is not easy. Yeah. And I th- to your point, I, I think that is maybe other than the furtherance of the gospel, right? I think this is one of the most important ways to look at the function of a church, right? To engage together in spiritual warfare. Ladies and gentlemen, there's, there's a spiritual realm, right? There's spiritual warfare happening all around us. And I know when we think of warfare, we think of tanks, jets, you know, weapons, right? No, this this is has way long lasting implications than anything we've seen. This this war that we're talking about is for forever. It's for eternity. And you know, the church was implemented to gather believers together to unify. To go out and fight this to fight this spiritual war because again if we don't you're, you're hurting the cause you're losing
1: there are no solo special operators in God's war against the devil none of us are that good trust me
0: well, you just can't do it no right it's kind of <laughs> like you know if um, you know a couple episodes back we had Zach Hatton on and mm-hmm. he told that story about the the big hungry kitty, right? Coming yeah. to get you, If you you know. Ladies and gentlemen, don't ever make the mistake of thinking that Satan is equal with God, but don't make the mistake of thinking that you're equal with Satan.
1: It reminds me of this book series that I read and some of, some of y'all may have heard of this book series, some not, but it, there's this book series called uh, This Present Darkness and Piercing the Darkness and it talks about, it just gives real, like, actual accounts of kind of a modern day setting, but what's going on in the spiritual realm uh, with angels actually fighting demons. And uh, it flips back and forth in the book between just, you know, regular people. And then as the people are going about their business, what's going on in the spiritual realm above them or next to them or around them. Um, and it kind of gave me a better understanding of, of thinking of how that kind of thing worked like it's literally going on around us all the time. Like as we're sitting in this room, just to kind of give you an example of how this how this book series called it out as we're sitting in this room talking about godly things and things like that the book would depict like an angel standing in the corner and he's starting to his strength is starting to gain because the the power of the holy spirit just through the conversation that we're having is is empowering him to be stronger and While I don't think that's exactly how it works, right? it is a really great picture of how like, when we pray and when we talk about these things and when we go to church and get in church, that it empowers us as Christians to be able to wage warfare against the things like that. And one of the other things that it would show that it kind of depicted in the book is like over and over in the opposite corner, there's just this demon like lurking there waiting for an opportunity to jump in and like sink his fingers down into somebody's head to make them think thoughts that they shouldn't think. Like they, they really are just kind of waiting around in the wings like that just to kind of plant the seed of temptation or coax the seed of temptation, because let's face it, they don't really need to plant any seed. We're pretty good at that ourselves, but to coax it and kind of speak into our ears. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's okay to go ahead and do that. It's okay to go ahead and do that. And how else to better combat that than to n- get together with a bunch of other people who are combating the same thing?
0: No no problem. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. You know, it's, you know, it's the old adage, right? The strength in numbers. Mm-hmm. It's definitely true here, right? I mean, when you look at, that, look at it in that context, right? There's spiritual warfare happening all around us. You can't get away from it, all right? You can't travel far enough away where you're not going to be there in it. You know, until until Christ puts an end to it, at the end of time, it'll be there, and unfortunately, we have to we have to battle it, right? We are part of this fight. Get plugged into to local church, right? If you have questions, the best best place to get answers is your local New Testament Bible believing church.
1: I think I think one of the things we wanted to just talk about before we completely got done here is, let's say you just moved into a new area. You're looking for a church.
0: Come to Lake Worth Baptist Church.
1: Yeah, if you're in the Lake Worth, Fort Worth area, come on over. It's like family. Yeah, y'all. Boy, do I have a church for you. But h- how, do you, how do you go about selecting that? So I can only speak from personal experience because uh, my family and I have kind of been through looking for churches a couple of different times in our lives. And I'll tell you one of the biggest telltale signs if you align with that church. When you walk into a church, go look at their missionary like display, like where they have all the missionaries that they support. If you cannot identify a single missionary on that missionary board, it might not be the church for you because every church I've ever been to that is a Bible believing Baptist church, new Testament church that aligns with what I see the Bible teaching I have recognized at least a handful of the missionaries because they. It's kind of a. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's kind of a small group. Independent Baptist churches aren't that big a, big a group anymore, and it's. They're very. Not closed off, but there are certain things that will identify them. I would. I would challenge you if you're looking for a church and you walk into a church. Look there first. That that'll be a pretty good kind of dipping your toe in the water is this do I at least agree with how they do their missions
0: right well I think it's 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 one of those things that you can't compromise on Mm -hmm. and I know I think another thing too you know if you're out and about looking for a new church maybe one of the things you look for is how can I get plugged into this church yeah right what is the need in this church you know I've seen it in my family right when we first moved here uh 2004 I was Nine years old. So you do the math. But, um, you know, we, we tried several different churches. And there were several that were Baptist churches. I would believe real Baptist, you know, New Testament churches. But they just, you know, we would ask, or my, my parents would ask them, hey, you know, we have a desire to serve in this church. Where do you need servants? And they, they couldn't come up with an answer. Or they would have committees that overlooked certain things, and then committees that overlooked the committee. And I'm just like, what are, what are we doing? Right. You have to, as a church, right. I mean, you have to be able to allow people to grow within your congregation Mm -hmm. and serve that, that is the entire point. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, my, my family, I was, I was a little young, but I've, I've definitely grown to understand this and serve in this church. But it was not that way here it was like yeah. hey what can we do hey we have this we have a need in our children's ministry you know what can you do are you willing to do this and i mean that was one of the reasons why it was so appealing to my mm-hmm. family is cuz we can get plugged in immediately and start s- serving in a church yeah
1: well, and it, and it's a lot it's very easy today too to kind of vet churches from a preaching perspective before you go to them. Like if a church has a Facebook page, get on there listen to some messages before you actually go check it out. You'll be able to tell pretty quickly one or two messages. And sometimes in one message, if you align with what that church is, is, is preaching and teaching, because listen, if you align with the Bible, then the church that you go to should also align with the Bible. If you don't align with the Bible, that's a completely different episode. But if you're looking for something that aligns with the Bible and you're, you're Mm -hmm. firm and grounded in that foundation, as we talked about earlier, um, then I, then that's the kind of church you need to look for. Another great way to do it is get on their website. If they've got one, look at their statement of faith. Do they align on salvation where you align? Do they align on baptism where you align? Do they align on Lord's supper where you align? And if they, if they align on those things, Go attend a couple of services. Don't go to one. Everybody has an off Sunday. Every preacher has an off Wednesday night.
0: Well, that's what Zach always says, right? Never judge a preacher on a good sermon. Yeah. But never judge a preacher on a bad sermon. Yeah. Right? You, you have to go several, several times to get the to get the real feel. Um, after you get the doctrine and the principles out of the way, right? You have to make sure that they are actual... Bible-believing church, mm-hmm. right? And and once you square that away, go. Be a part of the church. Be, you know, sewn into the church. Ask where you can serve. Throw yourself in there, and you'll know. You'll know, because if you don't, it'll be very foreign, and yeah. you'll feel it.
1: And, and my, I think to go along with that, my last admonition would be just smother it in prayer. The Holy Spirit's going to lead you and plug you in exactly where he wants you, but you have to be open to his leading. Don't say, well, I really like the pastor of this church and the way that he, and the Holy Spirit's tugging you in an opposite direction. Like, go where the Holy Spirit's going to lead you. And the only way to get in tune with that is to just smother it in prayer. Talk to good, sound Friends that you have that maybe they don't go to that church, but you've known them previously. Like, hey, can you pray about this church with me? We really like it. And we just, we really want to smother it in prayer before we make a decision. Um, I, I think those are really important ways to look at a church. And I definitely look at a church from the way that the Bible is called out that we've tried to kind of cover briefly in, in this episode. So um, be careful out there. Get in a good church. Go to church. Y'all, go to church. Couldn't
0: said it better myself. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Thinking Well. We definitely took a plunge today into the Thinking Well. Uh, going forward, just as a kind of a public service announcement, our episodes uh, will be changing from Sunday morning publishing to Friday night. Is that correct? Yep. yep. Um, so every Friday night, um, we'll have a new episode go live. And uh, stay tuned. We're going to have uh, some more guests, hopefully some missionaries, some more Truth nugget uh, segments, and uh, we're going to see where it takes us. The gospel yeah. definitely stirs up conversations, and we're here to talk about it.